Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. The 2020 census is approaching, and the U.S. Census Bureau is hiring part-time census takers to ensure a compliant count. If you want to apply, you can do so online or at the Census Job Application Fair hosted at Charles View at 123 Antwerp Street in Alston on Thursday, January 23rd from 5 to 8 p.m. You can also find out more information about how to apply on State Senator Will Brownsberger's website. 2020 is an election year, both for the national elections and for local elections. The local election will be held on Tuesday, April 7th. If you want to participate in town meeting, now's the time to think about polling papers. Ellen O'Brien Cushman, the town clerk, tells us more. Good morning. I'm Ellen O'Brien Cushman, and I am the town clerk and chief election officer for the town of Belmont. And I've been asked to give you a quick summary of what it takes to get on the ballot for our annual town election, which will be held April 7, 2020, which is a Tuesday. Many elections happening this year, so please try to make sure that you vote in the local election. Belmont is has a form of government, which is a representative town meeting. And that means that each one of our eight voting precincts um, sends 36 people to our sort of mini legislature. Our town meeting makes our laws and sets our budgets and policies for uh, direction for the year ahead. They're the only body that can do so. So um, 12 people from each one of those eight precincts are elected each year uh, for a term of three years. Occasionally, a town meeting member perhaps will move out of town or change um, their life or their job and decide that they can no longer serve. So there might be some partial terms um, becoming available as well. If you're interested in running for town meeting, it's a good idea to tune into the town clerk's website, which is at www.belmont-ma.gov and select the town clerk and there's a bunch of things in there about town meeting as well as elections. Town meeting is held uh, starting in the first Monday of May this year, which is May 4th of 2020. And it goes in the evenings for Mondays and Wednesdays, total of about six nights. So we do about three in May and three in June. To become a town meeting member, you'll just need signatures of at least 25 registered voters of your voting precinct. So you would come to the town clerk's office, take out a nomination paper, fill in the office that you've chosen. We certainly can help you with all of that. And then you go out and collect your signatures and return them to us by Tuesday, February 18th. We will certify them. And if you have at least 25, then they will um, put you onto the ballot. And obviously, the sooner the better, because then if you haven't quite got 25, we can let you know and you can make a race out to get a few more neighbors. If you have any questions about this other than our website, please feel free to call the town clerk's office or email us. You can call us at 617-993-2600 or email townclerk, that's all one word, no hyphens, no dashes, no any uh, underscores, townclerk at belmont-ma.gov. I hope to see you at the town clerk's office. Our hours are Mondays, 8 in the morning till 7 p.m. on uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We are 8 to 4 and Friday, 8 until noon. Thanks very much for tuning in. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, who is the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Franklin, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Welcome. Welcome back. Uh. 
The, uh, the new year brings with it uh, the new tax bills that have been hitting all of our mailboxes. Can that's, you, can that's you tell right. us about it? Well, well, what's happening is that uh, if you're a renter or um, especially an owner of property in Belmont, uh, it was sticker shock, basically, when, when people opened their new tax bill because um, it, uh, for a number of reasons. Um, primarily, uh, one has to do with the debt exclusion for the high school. We're finally paying that bill. Uh, and another reason is that um, your local average house in Belmont uh, increased in value, uh, you know, by 18 percent. That's a single re resident home over a year. That's an extraordinary amount of increase. Um, as you know, um, uh, houses are uh, um, the value of the house that I in Belmont is um, done by uh, making comparables, um, as, you know, a comparable sale. And it was just an extraordinary year this year. Um, um, just by just, just by saying that, you know, um, just by knowing that the uh, average house, the average house in Belmont, um, is now valued at uh, 1.285 million dollars. I mean, that's extraordinary for anybody who's lived here for as long as both of us have. Uh, you know, who probably bought their house for tens uh, of uh, thousands of dollars or a couple uh, hundred thousand. A couple thousand. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, uh, just uh, just back in the 90s, you know, a home in Belmont was worth about 250 thousand dollars. So, and um, the reason that they give for the uh, rapid increase is, is that this is a very popular place to live. It's going to have a, a new high school. Uh, it's going to have. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, you're you're centrally located. You're you can get to almost anywhere pretty quickly. Uh, it is a, a burgeoning. You know, it is a uh, area that people want to come to for work. And l let's make clear to people too that the the increase when we talk about the debt exclusion, it is the fact that the first half of the money to build the new school has now been borrowed and so the bill is coming due. That's right and, and on average that's about $1,400 uh, on, on an average uh, tax bill um, and, and so when, when you look at it uh, with an 18 percent increase in, in value it's just going to be a lot of money that you're going to be paying in taxes. Now people have an option uh, however, they can ask for an abatement. That, has there been conversation? Oh, there has been constant conversation uh, talking to the people in the assessor's office. I believe this is going to be maybe a record year for people who are going to have have uh, legitimate questions. Why is their house worth this much? And I think they see, and I know I've heard from people um, in town, they don't believe that that's a really uh, very transparent, um, uh, it's not very transparent how they do it. They would like to know exactly why their house has been increasing by, by increasing by the town, increasing by the in town value. in value. Or in valuation. That's right. It's, it is a valuation. Right. right. And uh, people are saying that the valuation doesn't reflect reality. That's right. And it's, you can talk about comparables all you want, but if a person believes their house is, is overvalued, they're, they're <laughs> they, they want to know the reason why. Okay. Well, it's a complex topic, and I have a sneaking suspicion we'll talk a lot about oh, uh, we will. taxes in the coming months and uh, in year. So let's close the door on that. Uh, there is another issue that's been hot in, in Belmont, uh, and that has to do with the tennis courts. That's right. Uh, the, uh, tennis, the, um, we, uh, in the, uh, the, the tennis, there used to be 10 tennis courts at the high school. Now there's going to be none, and that's caused a lot of uh, people who uh, play tennis, uh, both uh, for the school and for, in town, 
uh, basically to ask why is uh, a senior varsity sport being taken out of the campus? You know, there's a brand new campus, brand new fields are being made. And it just turned out that um, uh, the, it was decided by um, uh, school officials that uh, the best way to use the, f the limited fields that we have now is to have as many sports as possible on them. And uh, if you, you can put tennis courts on, on the fields west of Harris Field, um, but that would require you to place a baseball diamond or a lacrosse field elsewhere, maybe at Winbrook, maybe that's where a lot of people are looking at. But how that affects uh, the town is that it, it limits now youth teams and recreation department uh, things. So they felt the best way of doing it is to put the tennis courts at Winbrook and then add two, they're, they're going to advocate add, adding two more tennis courts through the CPA pro process. So there is an option at least. Yes, there and is. And that's not uncommon for uh, a community to have its varsity tennis. Half the, half the uh, teams in the Middlesex League uh, play off campus. That's great. Well, thanks for bringing us up to date. Uh, we will talk to you again next time. Thank you. We've been speaking with Franklin Tucker, the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. We have with us today Joanna Juvelis, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald, Belmont's online and print source of local news. Thanks for uh, stopping by and Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. <laughs> yes, welcome back for uh, Great another back. year of the Belmont Journal. Great to be back. Well, we are at the beginning of the year, which means that town elections are not too far off. Can you bring us up to date? It's already election season. The town election is April 7th, and people have already pulled papers. 11 incumbents have already pulled papers for the 11 townwide positions. So everybody who is currently serving is going to run, to run for re-election. That's right, that's right, including select board current vice chairman Adam Dash. He pulled his papers to run for re-election to the select board. There's one seat open for that. And we have Michael Crowley and Kate Bowen who pulled papers to run for re-election to school committee. And then the usual, <laughs> usual people for town treasurer and Mike Widmer, Floyd Carmen and uh, sorry, sorry, town, town moderator. Treasurer, town moderator. We have Mike Widmer and Floyd Carmen. For town treasurer. Yep, and then the two, two incumbents for library trustees are Kathy Cohane and Gail Mann. And we have Cemetery Commission, Alex Corbett, Housing Authority, Donna Brescia, and Board of Health, Donna David. And it's important to point out that... Oh, and Board of Assessors, Robert Reardon, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to point out that simply because there's an incumbent running for re-election, that doesn't mean it's their seat. Right. That I, every I seat is open. I'd like to see races. I really would. I'd like to see some newcomers step up to the plate. I think, I think it's so important. It's, it makes it more exciting, too, when there are races. <laughs> more exciting for me, anyway. Um, there's town meeting seats uh, in every precinct are open as well. And so if you care about the town and you want to get involved, this is the time to do it. Let's close the, the door on that. Sure. We have a position that has been filled in town. Yes. Uh, Belmont has a new police chief. Yes, Belmont has a new police chief. It is the former assistant police chief, James McIsaac. He is now officially chief. His contract was ratified by the select board on January 7th, and he was sworn in the following morning, January 8th, surrounded by his family. 
and the, it's a very exciting time for him. Says he, he's getting sixteen thousand dollars more a year than he did as the assistant chief. As assistant chief, he was making one sixty-seven. Now he'll be making one eighty-three. And he's come up through the Belmont Police Department. Yes, he's been with the department the since um, I want to say since two thousand. No, not since two thousand six. Maybe since nineteen ninety-nine. He's been with the department. Uh huh. Yeah. But uh, one of the reasons that he's getting paid more is because he's been around for a while. Yes, yes. Normally, I think the cap for a chief would be like 168, but again, he was making 167, so I think that was part of the negotiation process. One of his big tasks, I understand, uh, when he starts oh, is yes. to fill his former position. Yes. So now there's a position for assistant police chief. Yes, as well as captain, because Captain Peter Her retired. So there's two opportunities for maybe one of the um, other four applicants for the police chief position, because there was a total of five, including Jamie, for the police chief position. So maybe one of these other four candidates might want to um, apply for the assistant chief position, which will be, there will be an interview process for that. It will most likely be filled internally. Jamie will make the final selection. And then captain position is a little bit different because it's civil service. There's an assessment that the candidate has to go through, an exam, testing, and all that. It's a little bit different. Now, if people in Belmont uh, who are used to knowing their police chief uh, want to meet the new chief. Oh, yes. There is a reception coming up a at the Beach Street nice Center. Very nice reception on January 14th from 5 to 7 p.m., an opportunity to meet Belmont's new police chief. Or if you already know him, just congratulate him in person. That's great. Yeah. So uh, town elections in, uh, in a couple months and a reception for our new chief uh, uh, in just a couple weeks. Yes. Well, thanks for bringing us up to date. We have been speaking with Joanna Juvelis, the senior multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald. You can read about these stories and more online or in the print edition of the Belmont Citizen Herald. Belmont High School graduate Caitlin McGaw recently received her second Grammy nomination for children's music. I recently had an opportunity to speak with Caitlin about how her experiences at Belmont High School affect her work and about her music. My name is Caitlin McGraw and I run a group called Alphabet Rockers. We're based in Oakland, California. I grew up in Belmont and went to Belmont High School, class of 96. We make music that makes change. The latest album that we released is called The Love and we are amazed that this also was nominated for a Grammy. So when you listen, if you decide to listen to it, Belmont, uh, The Love has voices that I feel like our kids um, will see themselves in it. Uh, we met an 11-year-old who had recently shared with their family that they wanted to use they, them pronouns, that they were um, gender non-binary for now. And they're singing on the album. And they mean every word they say when they give advice to you in the interludes about um, how to navigate and how to show up for them. So. There's lots of uh, voices like that that will, I think, tug at your heartstrings and also help you navigate um, if any of this language, this new language around gender inclusivity, um, it's just a way of modeling it so that you can easily do it. I don't look like you, but I still got your back. Uh, I don't look like you, 
but I still got your back. When I started doing this work and looking at our implicit biases, these things are going on in our heads. And sometimes we think we can solve them in our heads too, but it's really here. So when we get empathy and we start loving somebody, it's really that simple. It's like Mr. Rogers, but the music does this. It connects your head and heart. And so that's what the work of Alphabet Rockers has been about is like bridging this um, connection um, so that when you hear the song in your in your body, you know, two weeks later, you see your child singing these words. It's very moving because they're not um, they're not soft words They're things like I will stand up for you or these walls can't stop the love. I am enough. Um, you are not alone. And this word our kids are singing. Growing up in Belmont, there were so many uh, opportunities for music, theater, art. We didn't have limits around uh, participation. We all did it. And I think that creative thinking just followed me. I mean, it, it continues to follow me as um, through Harvard, through even navigating careers and a time when there's no jobs available. Um, how do you make your life have meaning? And that's what I've done is found something that's done in community that has meaning. Make a difference. Don't wait. My hope with this Grammy nomination, and we'll find out in January, is that these voices get lifted up, that this music gets lifted up, that our children just have that much more opportunity of a freedom sound that they can feel is like exactly what's in their hearts. Here's Belmont Journal's citizen journalist, Chet Messer's report on Belmont High's hockey, basketball, and wrestling teams. Both the girls and boys Marada ice hockey teams have winning records after seven games. In the Liberty Division of the Middlesex League, the girls are tied for second place and the boys are occupy fourth place. In Marada basketball, the boys' record overall is six wins and two losses. They are undefeated in Middlesex League play and occupy first place in the Liberty Division. The Marada girls have a season of five wins and two losses and are in second place in the Liberty Division of the Middlesex League. The key plays in their latest win over Stoneham occurred very early in the game. Number 12, Martin, deflected a pass which was picked off by Abby Morin, number 21, who passed to a streaking Minicosi who laid the ball in for Belmont's 2-0 lead. Stoneham successfully handled the pressure defense of the Marauders. A shot from the corner was rebounded by number 32 McIntyre and put back for a tie ball game at two apiece. A combination of Christofori Martin passing found Menacozzi under the hoop once again for a nifty backhanded layup on the way to a 49-27 win by the Marauders. This past Wednesday evening, the Marauda wrestling team competed against Lexington High School. The next Belmont Marauda Sports Report will contain information about how wrestling competitions are scored and the details about the fortunes of this year's Marauda wrestling team. And here's your community calendar for Belmont for the coming week. The musicians from the Powers Music School present a musical telling of A Nancy and the Magic Stick by Eric Kimmel 
on Saturday, January 11th at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. in the assembly room at the Public Library. This performance is part of the musical storytelling series, and it is recommended for families with children ages two and up. Have you ever wondered how New England Patriot Tom Brady stays in such great shape? Join fellow Beach Street members for a fun 60-minute interactive cooking demo on January 14th at 1.15 at the Senior Center. You will learn how to prepare three of Tom Brady's favorite recipes from a local food and nutrition expert. Class includes a fun and engaging cooking demonstration, samples of all dishes prepared, along with recipes, skills, and essential nutrition education. More information at BeachStreetCenter.org. The Love Child organizes parents' conversation groups about tweens and teens. Whether or not you find parenting teens is challenging, you're invited to the next meeting, January 15th at 7 p.m. at The Love Child. The conversation will be led by Lisa Gibilario and Wendy Conroy. More information at thelovechild.net. What will 2020 unfold? Check out the local artist's vision of the new year at the Belmont Gallery of Art with the new exhibit, 2020 Vision, What We See, from January 16th to Fe February 28th at the Homer Building in Town Hall. Don't forget also to vi visit the Public Library to see the paintings of Kay Hudgens, 20-year retrospective of Rock Meadow impressions through March 2020. More information on those two exhibits at belmontgallery.org. Belmont World Film comes back with the Family Film Festival on MLK Weekend. Watch a selection of movies for children from all over the world at the Regent Theater in Arlington on February, January 17th and Sunday, January 19th, at the Studio Cinema in Belmont on Saturday, January 18th, and at the Brattle Theater in Cambridge on Monday, January 20th. Films and time on belmontworldfilm.org. Belmont World Film also proposes an artistic workshop to learn how to draw minions with the Minions Movies story artist Cynthia Angelina for kids five years old and up. The workshop takes place at Belmont Media Center from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. on Saturday, January 18th. Registration is required on the Belmont World Film's website, belmontworldfilm.org. That's it for this week's community calendar. If you'd like to see your events featured, please email your information to fred at belmontmedia.org. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. Thanks for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will see you again next time.